Advent. We're in week two, as Jaden just mentioned on the video, and uh, we're, we're jumping right in today. I, I want to read Isaiah 9-6, which is a familiar verse in song during the holidays. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And uh, I mean, I just look at that and it resounds in me. And I think for some, the holiday is, is chaos and maybe chaos has, has been your reality. Um, but the truth is, peace is available for you, even though it seems elusive at the moment, right? Peace is here for all of us. It is possible. And we're going to look at this. How do we find this missing peace? And maybe for you, it was Thanksgiving is when it started. You decided to partake of like doorbusters that I think this year started on like Thanksgiving morning, not just Thanksgiving night, but there's like the craziness was going on. And maybe that's your your uh, fix this year. You had to get that new big screen 4K hologram-based TV or whatever is being made. You can tell I didn't shop for that this year. Um, or uh, maybe for you, peace is elusive because you're in the midst of dysfunction. I mean, maybe there's just crisis around you. And so peace is like this thing that's nearly impossible because you can't even imagine what tomorrow has in store. I had that conversation this week with one of the counselors in the schools of Sumner School District. Just the challenge of the Christmas gifts and, and families and the reality that 30% of those that grab gifts off of or get, submit gifts for a giving tree will even forget to get their gifts because they just can't think even about tomorrow. Things are so crazy in their home. That's who we get to serve. Maybe peace is elusive in that way because that's your reality right now. Or maybe you're filled with anxiety because things are so peaceful and you're like, when is this? It's, this is so good. It's going to end. Like, I, I'm a little nervous about that with UW right now. I'm like, this is so good. Alabama? Okay, let's do to them what we did to Stanford. Come on, baby. I am ready to score 50 points on them. So anyway, just saying. I went to UW when we had to co-share a national championship. That was painful. I'm just saying. I'm not going to share it this year. Moving on. That's not in my notes. So uh, that is good news, but I have even better news. And the news is what we're talking about today, uh, that peace is possible, peace has come, peace is with you, this peace will last, and it'll even grow. And our big idea today is peace is relational. The Prince of Peace, right, we read here in this passage. And I just got to say, man, are you, uh, there's a bunch of us who are like, I'm ready for peace, Right? And if you're ready for peace, you're in the right place. Because this is a supernatural peace that's awaiting through a relationship with Jesus. 
We can rest. We can have confidence in the future. It's deep. It's like being able to take a deep and fulfilling breath without distraction. It's an inner fullness that makes you aware that life is complete no matter how chaotic your exterior circumstances could be. You're looked after. Peace. The people you have access to or maybe influence with as well are hungry for peace. And in fact, as a follower of Jesus, if you've made that step, you take with you this peace. And you become an attractive friendship in their life because of the peace you carry and bring into the room that confidence, that steadiness, even though things may not be necessarily peaceful in your context. It brings everyone together, peace does. We uh, went to the live nativity in Auburn. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but I guess like 1,500 people a night go through this. And so we went and walked through it. And uh, for the first time, it was crazy and, and fun, and they did an awesome job at it. And we had uh, I made too many jokes, I think, by the time we were done. Sedana was mad at me, but we had fun. And uh, I just revert to my inner 10-year-old too much, I think. But we were, we were having a, I was definitely having a good time. And, uh, and we, we got to the end of it. But they kept saying over and over again while we were walking through this, because it was like in period, like they were in the costumes of Jesus' time, and you're walking through, and it's very realistic, and, and they're always greeting each other, and they're like, shalom, 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 and the kids were like, what's shalom, you know, and it's a greeting, but even more than that, uh, it's a Hebrew word for peace, but the context of that word, like if you, if you really dig it open, shalom is really peace be with you, or if you, you look at that in the Hebrew context of like when uh, Isaiah's time and it, shalom meant complete. So it's like complete peace. Peace be with you. Peace that is complete. And so when you're missing peace and things don't seem complete, if you're OCD like me, it drives you crazy. The doctor gave me approval at the beginning of this week to put our lights up on our house. That's like a Christmas miracle in the Huff home, right? Because it's something we've done for 20-some years is put lights on the house no matter how dangerous. And so we, uh, I got up there and put up lights, put it on Instagram. And yet, you know the first thing that was mentioned to me the next morning is from one of my daughters. Is I'm... Um, Dad, you got to climb back out our window because, right, if you zoom in, which I didn't even realize you could do on Instagram now until she said that, uh, you can see there's a burnout light bulb right on our window. Oh, it drove me crazy. I still haven't climbed back out to do it. But there's a one burnt out bulb, and it makes this awkward-looking shadow right on their window. Don't you just notice the missing piece? You know, you're like... One bulb, and it's reachable, so I'll do it. If it's on the top and I've already gotten off the roof, not a chance. But if I can climb out a window and get to it, I'll do it, right? So, so but it's, it's like if you're a puzzle person. I was a puzzle family as a kid. We would 
stare. We would fight over the box. Because if you have the box, if you have the original picture, you can like form pieces of the puzzle in your own context, kind of. You don't have to just work the edges. You can like finish the cat because you have a whisker on a piece and you can like put it right where it goes. You know, so that's still how I do puzzles. And eventually, right, you get the you get that whole like corner done and you're like, ah, but there's like one missing piece. You've got the pieces sorted by color or whatever on the table, but doesn't it drive you nuts when you can't find that one missing piece? That's what consumes your focus. Well, our lives are that way, aren't they? Don't we, whether it's a light or a puzzle piece, whatever you relate to in that scenario, when something's not complete, it consumes our focus and our energy. And the best of us can sometimes be lost in what's missing versus the entirety of what's present. Now, what I didn't share is when I put the lights up this week, I surprised the family. Uh, I didn't tell any of them that the doctor had approved me to go on the roof. And uh, since it's kind of a Christmas tradition, they've been bringing it up on a consistent basis that it wasn't going to be done and how sad they were. Uh, I wanted to keep it a surprise, so I went out and got the lights up. So when they came home, the, the reactions were priceless to include a crying wife if she entered the house uh, late that evening. She had pulled like a 13-hour day and uh, comes in, and she's just like, <laughs> who is so nice that they came over to our house and put our lights on? They love us so much. And I was like, oh, it was, it was, it was me. Oh. It was awesome. It was worth every, it was worth it. It was powerful. I did love you. That's why I did it. It was awesome. Girls are there, right? That's how it went down. That's exactly how it went down. Okay, I have proof. I have proof. Um. The lights were missing from our home. Like, seriously, we didn't think we were going to have Christmas lights this year, and I wasn't about to take on the liability of anybody else going on my dangerous roof. So we, we finally got them up, and we were just like, even though I had offers. Thank you, Peter. I did. I had there were people who were like, can we come help? And I was like, you not die on my roof. Um, so um, if I die on my roof, that's cool. Like, that's part of it. That's like a story. But anyway. We have the peace of having our lights up, but there's one burnout bulb, or maybe you're putting together a puzzle, or maybe your life seems like a puzzle without a piece, and you don't have peace, and you're like, how do I get it? Well, today, you can have full peace in your spirit, and that's through Jesus. Like, that is what Advent, that's what the story of Christmas is all about. This fulfillment of Isaiah 9-6 is that God was going to gift us peace through his Son, isn't that amazing? That God would reach out to us to fulfill this expression of faith that was said out loud by Isaiah years and years and years earlier. He would send his son to give us peace. He initiated relationship once again with us. The, since the creation, we've been relational beings. Science tells us even now that we have better mental capacity, physical capacity, emotional health when we have good friendships, right? Show me your friends 
and I'll show you your future, is a quote that's very fitting. The reality is, relationships matter in our life, and God wants to have a growing relationship with you and me. And we get to partake in that through Jesus, the Prince of Peace. He initiated that by sending his son. What a risk, right? For relationship. To bring back, to reconnect the relationship we lost through sin. He sends his son, the Prince of Peace. When we talk about the need to be loved or belong or connect, most of us talk about the missing pieces when we're sharing the story. I mean, when you think about it, we talk about heartbreak. We talk about the need to belong. So what do we share? A story of when we felt we didn't belong. We share the missing piece. Or maybe you grew up in a a chaotic home and didn't think peace was possible. In fact, for you, maybe you're more comfortable in chaos due to your environment. You just think it's too elusive to obtain peace. Maybe you grew up in a home where you weren't allowed to admit that something was broken or wrong in your life and you had to pretend to be perfect. Maybe you took the risk to love but got your heart betrayed. And so you don't even think love is, is worth the effort because you lose peace through love. No matter where you are in the spectrum, peace is possible. And it's all about relationships because peace is relational. So that's what we're going to unpack today in three thoughts. But let's first read Matthew 1, It says, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Right? We read the message through the prophet. Verse 23, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Thought one today, Jesus makes it possible to have peace with God. Jesus makes it possible. It's literally the possibility of peace with God comes through the Son, God with us. Jesus puts the pieces together through humility and sacrifice so that we can have a relationship with God. He paid the price of relationship, of humanity of being present, God, with us, right? Just like in the garden with Adam. God came back to be with us. It's powerful. The connection with God was complete with one simple child named Jesus, the one and only Son of God, ultimate expression of love. So Jesus was the missing piece, and we said it last week. This series is called Advent, and the Advent season, if you will, celebrating the arrival of someone, Advent, is the celebration of the arrival of Jesus. Traditionally, the four Sundays prior to Christmas is the Advent season. Jesus arrived and brought with him peace. He's the Prince of Peace, a reuniting of a long-broken relationship and a missing piece for the peace of humanity. Romans 5 says it this way. 
in a few different verses. Verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have made, we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 6 goes on to say, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came. Just the right time and died for us sinners. Verse 8, God showed his great love for us in sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Couldn't make it any more plain, right? We have peace with God because of what Christ our Lord has done for us. Christ has, it says. Christ came. God showed his great love to us by sending Christ, by the blood of Christ, by the death of his son, through his son. Jesus is the key. It's not in our practices. It's not in our being worthy. It's not in our earning anything. It's God's initiated relationship through the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, whom we celebrate. No matter what is broken in your life or appears to be holding you back from experiencing peace, there's hope. There is peace for you. The peace is found in a relationship. And sure, it may be inward peace more than outward because of your context. But the reality is you can find peace no matter how much life is turmoiling around you. Peace is relational, and Jesus is the one we grow in relationship with. Jesus makes it possible to have peace with God. Thought two, because I have peace with God, I can have peace with myself. This is harder, actually, right? Self-talk is destructive. But because I actually have peace with God, I can now have this self-talk change. Like, I can have peace with myself. I can be humble. I can admit the truth about myself because of the humility and sacrifice of Jesus. I don't have to be the perfect one. I don't have to have perfection to have grace or mercy. Jesus is my perfection. There's no greater time in history for authenticity right now. Doesn't it just seem like the world around us can read non-genuine people? <laughs> just like authenticity is everything. So if we put on any sort of a facade, we lose. And really, it should have always been that way. But there is no longer any need for posturing especially in the church. We can walk in with our mess. In fact, that's why the church was created. Jesus came for the lost. Jesus came for the broken. So when we come, we get to experience the grace that's right equal to our brokenness. We no longer have to pretend or be perfect to come to church. It's the very opposite. The more broken we are, the more obvious it is that we belong. 
In fact, 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Perfection or the facade of perfection, the facade of perfection, I guess you'd say, only breeds suspicion. And in the presence of suspicion, peace is really elusive. If you would want the peace of a life free from sin, you will have to start admitting you're wrong. You'll have to start admitting your sin and the tendencies and embrace forgiveness and embrace the love and peace that God has to offer through a relationship with Jesus. Because only that relationship can bring us the peace we're longing for, the fulfillment to the emptiness that we're trying to use exterior context to bring. You have to battle through the challenge of coming to peace with yourself, and Jesus allows us to do that. Your story of peace can deeply not only impact you, but those around you. No matter how anticlimactic maybe you think your story is, that can impact people too. I don't know how you have come to the place you are in your relationship with Jesus. I don't know how you'll come into a growing relationship with Jesus from where you're at. But the reality is you've got a story and it will impact not only you but others. But first you have to come to grips with your story. My story is one of hitting rock bottom before finding peace. I had to crash and burn, if you would, right? It was still months after a decision I made to follow Jesus before I caught up, I guess you would say, with the forgiveness that I was freely given. I mean, I knew, okay, I needed Jesus, and I made a decision to follow Jesus, but months later, I sat there weeping, curled up in the fetal position, realizing I was truly actually forgiven way back then, but I finally forgave myself. But that's not everybody's story. We can't despise the story of peace. What am I saying? Like, it's not a bad story to have been kept from hitting rock bottom by the peace of Jesus. Your story may never have a rock bottom in it, or a huge brokenness, but your story is one then of mercy and grace to keep you from that brokenness. Either way, peace is possible for you. We can't despise how we have come to experience peace, but praise Jesus. The reason we all, no matter what our story is, can come to peace is because of Jesus in the first place. Because I have peace with God, I can have peace with myself. Final thought today. Jesus makes it possible to have peace with others. Everyone matters to God. And because I have peace with myself, I can now have the courage to love others no matter what their story, their context, no matter who they are. I don't have to pretend, but I can confront my past hurts and love people who've hurt me through humility and sacrifice even if they never accept my forgiveness or my love, I can still do it. I'm going to be the one who will be the peacemaker in a room. Colossians 3 says it this way, starting in verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, 
and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. This is hard. But the teaching's here. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Are you the peacemaker? I mean, that's when we choose to follow Jesus, we have the peace within us to be a peacemaker. And God made his followers to understand the path of peace no matter how hard the journey becomes. I love the phraseology here. Make allowances for each other. Perfect harmony. Have you made allowances for those that just drive you nuts? That you need to forgive? That you need to love? Teaser. In 2017, we're going to be really focused on neighboring. Loving your actual physical neighbor. Man, maybe this is a good time right now to start praying for them. Because <laughs> some of you may, that may be the person you're close enough to to be driven nuts by, right? We got to love everybody. The limit to your allowance is the limit to the peace you'll experience. When we give peace away, we experience it over and over and over again. We need to clothe ourselves, it says. We need to wear love. It should be felt when we walk in the room. Clothe yourselves with love. Love is what binds us all together in perfect harmony. Helps us experience the peace of Christ, the Prince of Peace. We're in a polarized nation right now at this very moment. And I can't think of anything we need more than love for one another. We're challenged here to live in perfect harmony. We can love each other no matter what differences we have. No matter the color of our skin. No matter the political party of our affiliation. We're called to love and serve and care for one another. And I think... The challenge this Christmas for us to clothe ourselves with love and peace. Man, let's take on this challenge. That's our calling. That's put on us. And we can see a polarized country come together if enough of us are loving one another. At least that's what I pray for. Peace. Our action point, seek peace with God, yourself, and others. It's pretty easy to come up with that action point with those three points today, right? Seek peace with God, yourself, and others. And I don't know what needs more work than that for you. But we should be bound up with compassion for others and kindness for others. And if we're not, then we can kind of reverse engineer this, right? If there are some people we just can't love, then we need to back up and look at ourselves. Say, what are we not loving about ourselves? And if we're struggling loving ourselves, we need to back up one more step and go, okay, God, I must not be comprehending just how much grace you've given me if I'm not willing to extend unlimited grace to those around me. 
I think sometimes we think others' stories will wreck us enough that we'll love people. Which, that's certainly true for me. I can think of some of your stories and just be a puddle of mush. But the reality is, the only reason your stories would bring me to tears with both joy and pain (laughs) is because I love God and I know he loves me. And I can look in the mirror and know I'm 100% genuine and honest with myself and my relationship with God, which opens me up to love others. I think sometimes we try to love others to compensate for the lack of love for ourselves or the lack of relationship we have with God, but it doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. We need to embrace Jesus today. We need to love him. And we need to invite him into our life. We need to follow him. And he's going to open us up with an ability to love ourselves, which is going to immediately change our heart towards others. So that's our challenge today. I've been praying Philippians 4, 6 through 7 over some of you this week. It's not in your notes, but I thought it'd be fitting before I pray to read it since I've been praying through it. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done then you will experience God's peace. It exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. God, pray for this room, everyone in it, that they would experience your peace personally, one-on-one with you. That, God, they would open up their lives to you and they would just say, here I am, God, I choose to follow you, take my life, use, use it however you choose. I fully surrender. Jesus, you did that for us. You came through a virgin birth to experience humanity And once again, bridge the relational divide that existed between man and God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We embrace our relationship with you. And and God, I pray in this room that those that maybe look down on themselves right now, that you would lift them up, that you would just transform the spirit within them that they would not judge themselves because of the context they're experiencing, but they would look in the mirror and see a child of God whom you love wholly, 100%. God, you sent your son Jesus for. God, may you begin to break our hearts for others. Even greater than you do currently, may we be moved with love for the world around us in such a deep way start with our families, our neighbors, and just open our eyes to whom we can love, be a representation of your peace in the life of. God, touch us here. Guard our hearts and minds in you. If somebody's yet to receive you, may they just invite you in today and begin a new relationship with you and 
and, and experience this life of peace in a way that is fresh and new. Give you thanks that we can celebrate your coming during this Advent series. And I pray that God, as we go here in a few moments after the worship team plays and we reflect on our own response to today's talk, after the giving moment, send us out as those filled with peace that when we enter a room, we bring a difference. And it's marked by love. In your name we pray. Amen.